Dragon the Peg is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Dragon the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. Today's episode has not one guest, not two, but three of Winnipeg's most exciting new performers. Although their presence in the drag scene today is so monumental, it hardly feels like they've only been performing for a little over a year. Winnipeg's drag renaissance would hardly be the force it is without them. They've been featured in Vice Canada, The Uniter, and a slew of other local publications and news platforms. Together, these three dragoons have created a drag production team on top of their own iconic drag careers, hosting monthly shows at Club 200 to spotlight up-and-coming local performers. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Stara David of the House of Sky, Moxie Cotton of the House of Loren and the House of Beast, and Dirt from a house of his own of Slunt Factory. Star David, I'm like a newish drag queen thing, something in the city. Hi, my name's Dirt. I am a uh, drag king originally from BC, but I got my debut here in Winnipeg and I am part of Slunt Factory. That would be a good thing to mention. Along yeah. with <laughs> I am the third and therefore most important member of Slunt Factory, Moxie Cotton. I'm uh, Moxie Cotton Loren. Moxie Cotton Loren. Wow. My, uh, my drag debut was about a year and a half ago. Yes. My name is Moxie Cotton, and I'm here to make it queer. <laughs> You're here to make it queer. Absolutely. 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 So <laughs> together you are all Slunt Factory. And my first question is, what is Slunt Factory? I would say that Slunt Factory is it's a small business. <laughs> <laughs> Nonprofit organization. <laughs> we do not have a legal distinction yet. <laughs> Sled Factory is our effort to create a space for new performers in Winnipeg. So we organize events that are focused on promoting new performers, young performers, people who don't get as many opportunities, maybe because they're not part of the upper court system or they just don't know how the court system in Winnipeg works or who to talk to to get bookings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we want to provide a safe space for people to start drag because, I mean, my first performance, I like knew Cake already. And when she was Empress, I asked her to perform at the in-town show. And like not everybody wants to or is able to do that because like it's pretty intimidating to go up in a show where there's a bunch of established queens who have been doing drag for like, you know, eight years because there's this kind of weird gap where there aren't tons of queens around who have been doing drag for like three to four years essentially so. yeah essentially in the past and i'm sure you've probably talked about this on the show at this point but there's essentially now there's this renaissance that's happening but there was a period for about like probably like five or so years where there weren't any there were barely any new queens and now we have like this huge influx of new queens um and we're just trying to provide a space for that and also make a space that prioritizes accessibility and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. accessibility, inclusivity, uh, support, respect for artists, uh, compensation. 
<laughs> yeah, like the the goal with Slunt Factory is to be able to put on monthly shows where new young performers are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like an actual rate, like a booking rate, as opposed to just making tips, which is like, again, a great way to get started. But we want to be able to provide people an opportunity mm-hmm. to be paid for their art. The thing mm-hmm. is also with tips is that I don't know if it's like this in every city, but for I find for us, I find we give out as much money, if not more, in tips than yeah. as we make in tips. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're, oh my God, especially when it's like the step down where we had 21 performers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw I saw a tweet that you made where you were like, yeah, I'm, I made a bunch of money in tips and I went away with $1. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's fully true. Yeah. You end up giving away like most of your tips a lot of the time. And also like, I mean, tip gigs are a really good way to start, but for people who like actively want to like you know like they want to make this some type of a career like I know like I do and I mean unless you're literally like running a club or you are one of the top 10 famous drag queens you are no one almost no one makes a living off doing drag Mm -hmm. like even like the best queens in Winnipeg all have day jobs yeah and you know it's nice to be able to get a form of income from this thing that you reliably spend half your paycheck on oh yeah because yeah. like, you're putting money. so much money into it yeah and time I and imagine. time like how much money did we spend on makeup fabric and garments in the last like month like probably upwards of 500 dollars between the three of us yeah i would definitely, say that's accurate definitely upwards of 500 dollars. and we're all three like i don't work full i'm a full-time student and y'all are like recent grads slash no you're a student too uh, yeah i'm a full-time student and you know, i YouTube, work part-time yeah and i work full-time and it's like holy crap i have bills to pay i have debt mm-hmm. like we still haven't paid our internet bill <laughs> no we have i just haven't told you how much you owe me yet <laughs> god damn it because our our internet was gonna get shut off in five days <laughs> oh my god welcome to paying your bills with Moxicon. <laughs> paying your bills cast we're talking about bill paying so would you say that slunt factory is um I don't want to say organize. Well, you said you said organization is more of like a like a booking organization than like a family per se. Yeah, we're not a traditional drag. Like Slump Factory is not a house or a family. We no. are like a found family, sort of like we are all friends and we yeah. like we Mox all treat- and I live together. Live together. Yeah, we all treat each other like family, but that's not the purpose of Slump Factory. Like Slump Factory is for booking shows it's mm-hmm. not like a house or anything. What happened was that we went to Club Two Hundred and we said, "Can we host a show?" Uh, and the owner said yes and he said what should I who should I say the wh- like when we went to make the poster they said who should this be like presented by because mm. you know Lush has her Lush events uh, Victoria Lush or like Pop-Tart. Uh, Pop-Tart um House of Lorraine House of Gold Diamonds etc so we literally went to Fools and Horses and sat down and like free word associated for 30 minutes until <laughs> I think I said Slund Factory well, and then I got outvoted <laughs> No, 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 no. We said I mystery. Said, slump I said theater. mystery slump theater three thousand MSTK three K or MST three K. I may have gotten an incredible branding opportunity, which, and I'm still mad about it. I okay, feel like here's the thing, though, I, I don't know. That, are they litigious? Do you think they would have sued us? I had to. I had to explain to my dad what slut meant. My explain, mom's... explain to me. I want to know. Slunt is a portmanteau of the words slut and cunt. Wow. Yeah, and his response was like. Um, I kind of thought that's what it was, but I wanted you to, like, try and come up with something that, like, wasn't. <laughs> like, I was hoping it wasn't that. No, my mom was just like, what's slunt? And I was like, think about it. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah. 
There you go. I think the reason we came up with Slunt also originally is um, Helvetica the Metal Queen has these crop tops on her store that say Slunt on them, and I wanted one very bad, but like also I can just make that. It's just a crop top that says Slunt. <laughs> you did. So and then you did. Moxie and I made matching Slunt crop tops <laughs> with glow in the dark I need from one Michael's at this, this point, just so like we can com- complete the trio. Honestly. Yeah, you need one. And then it kind of just became like we just kept saying it. Like we keep we we say goth a lot. We say slunt a lot we you say, say things up like, a lot. we say oh, pause we up say high pause up every high day every day of my life and i want it makes me want to kill all of you <laughs> pause up high i would now like to ask all of you to put your paws up pause up high pause up high pause up high very high pause up high pause up high i i have the feeling i have the feeling very i'm not high. sure i have the feeling that i'm slightly older than all of you i'm i'm 21 <laughs> Is this no. weird to disclose? I'm 23. No. I'm 22. I'm, oh my god! I'm 21. So. I was I was gonna say I've been older. I'm I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was there during the birth of Lady Gaga with the pause of high, and I'm done with it. I'm over it. Point, oh no! It's not not but here's the thing: is that at this point, it's not even a Lady Gaga reference. Not it, to flame you guys. Not no, to only be like, stop it. It's a Jupiter Velvet reference. Jupiter Velvet. Jupiter Velvet is a queen from Miami. She is one of the best drag queens out there currently. She has one of the most iconic makeups, and uh, she also is a queen of video editing. Mm-hmm. And yep. she says pause up high a lot in her videos, including in her get ready with me video where she says pause up high, very high. And then we were, we were, here's the thing is that it was the three of us and Pep and Ruby and Satina. We were all watching the video and like we, we had been saying it before, but we were all watching the video together. And then we just started like we did it with Satina there and then we got Satina into doing it. And then like. And now Satina just calls Jupiter pause up. It's pause amazing. Up. It's so like good. every show we go to, we indoctrinate at least one more person into like doing pause up high. Most notably at Satina's step down <laughs> where we all put pause up high in our uh, protocols because none of us knew what we were doing. You <laughs> so will, we planned it. You will not find a convert in me. <laughs> I will stay far away. So, oh my, <laughs> you just paused up in my studio. Right in front of really? my salad. <laughs> pause up right in front of my studio. <laughs> This is this is a war crime. <laughs> that was that was stolen. I heard Moxie say that, and I snatched that right up. Rent is theft. Tax is good. Super drags is a war crime. <laughs> Super drags is a war crime. Let's talk. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, because first, I was on another podcast a while ago, and um, the host was a woman who was talking about slurs and drag. And kind of like misogyny and how that relates to drag. And I think that's because her experience with drag is a very kind of like essentialist, like men dressing as women idea of drag. And she was like, Mm -hmm. who gives these uh, queens the right to talk about my body and use these words when they're not women? But what's interesting Mm -hmm. about all of you is you are all AFAB queens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Well, thing. Thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. Kate! I keep saying queens, <laughs> things, dragoons, because you're the first, you're the first king that I've had on. Wow. Is this an honor? It's an honor. It's an. I mean, for me, it is. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. We can. I want to talk a little bit more about drag kings a little bit later. But how do you guys feel like the kind of like the language that I I've found personally is not actually that prevalent in Winnipeg drag, but that kind of like use of of almost like language that in other in other places would not typically fly i found that in winnipeg and this is less of an experience for me because because i do masculine presenting drag Mm -hmm. uh, i feel like i kind of have it a little bit easier 
like people see me and they're like, okay, that's a, a real drag king or like a pro that's a, this is the correct way for AFAP people to do drag. Mm -hmm. But I, what I think I've noticed is that mo for the most part in the drag community itself, it's not an issue so much. Like you, you guys are called drag queens. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. call you drag queens. People I, respect you. Yeah, no, I think that that's less of the question. I think the question is more about using like, like, like quote unquote slurs referring to women's uh, bodies, right. like like like, like slums, pussy, namesake. like pussy oh, yeah. and cunt, and like and like, even fishy. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to like fishy and that kind of stuff, like the three of us have kind of replaced fish, fish with, with goth. goth. <laughs> with goth, yeah. Work goth, uh, daytime goth, health goth, work um, goth. So none of the three of us are particularly a fan of that. I would say I'm not like I uh, do not I care. care. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Like here's the th the thing about me is that I'm really rarely going to like give a shit what anyone is saying at any given time as long as it's not actively transphobic or homophobic or sexist if you want to say cunt say cunt like i do not care what mm -hmm. words you're saying mm -hmm. i think for me there are many larger battles to fight mm -hmm. i yeah. do understand why women would be apprehensive about that but i think for the most part like i'm just not interested in policing what words people mm -hmm. try to use as long as it's not in a way that is sexist or racist or homophobic mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever you know yeah. yeah i think a lot of it boils down to intention and the reality here is that at least as far as like i've experienced like that's never really the intention mm -hmm. like the people here but that very well may be the case in other cities mm -hmm. where you know their drag scenes are a lot more rooted in misogyny and that kind of stuff yeah. i think the biggest thing is like a separation from the actual community and the actual people who are using it because like if you see all these men in dresses saying these words and you don't know them then yeah i like i could see how someone would get offended by that but like knowing all of these queens like pretty well and like knowing how wonderful and how supportive they all are of afab performers and of women in the drag scene the hurtful intention isn't there mm -hmm. yeah know? we know mm -hmm. it's not there mm -hmm. bridging into that also i've just found that the the drag scene just swears a lot Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so if, if if you're not a fan of swearing, maybe the drag scene is not necessarily for you, because it's kind of hard to avoid. I think I, it's yeah, fun. I'm all here for all the swearing all the time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, branching into that, this is more of a question for Stara and Moxie. You two are AFAB queens, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were just talking a little bit about how AFAB queens in the Winnipeg drag scene are. They're, they're, they're just drag queens mm -hmm. considered by the upper echelon of queens yeah and... like we were having this discussion with Kik and Satina last time and because mm -hmm. there were some Regina queens in for Satina's step down and like they were talking about how like the Regina queens are saying oh we call our bio queens hyper queens now and then Kik was like we just call ours drag queens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, because when I did my first performance, I, like, talked about this with Kate because she was like, oh, like, do you, like, call yourself a bio queen? And I was like, I'd really rather just be called a drag queen. Like, I have my own gender problems outside of drag. So, like, I'm using this to express the femininity that, like, plagues me in my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. So it's much more convenient and much less insulting for me to be called a drag queen. Not that there's anything wrong with hyper queen or bio queen, but, like, like the language creates an unnecessary separation and like the winnipeg scene doesn't have an issue with that at all like i get called a drag queen by everyone mm -hmm. the only people who have like said anything about it have been like out of town queens or like uh cis women 
mm-hmm. have really mm-hmm. been or like cis gay men have been the only people who have said mm-hmm. like anything and even then it hasn't been bad it's just been yeah. uninformed yeah and it's it's not people within the community it's the people who come out to see the shows and mm-hmm. who maybe don't know the language or know the the etiquette so much and that's pretty much like been i think across the board for all of the afab queens because we've like we're all friends we all talk and i think we've all pretty much gotten those comments at this point of like oh i didn't realize you were like a real woman or oh i thought you were a real drag queen i am a real drag queen linda thanks (laughs) yeah um and so like we've all gotten those kind of comments and i'm I mean, it's really good that it's not coming from, like, within the community. And it is coming, like, it's not coming from a place of being malicious. It's coming from a place of being uninformed. But Mm -hmm. I think it says something that it's something that all of us have gotten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also maybe just, like, a a lack of understanding of even where drag comes from. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. the only people who say that AFAB people and women can't do drag are people who don't know about drag. People who don't do mm-hmm. drag. Yeah, or people who have no experience talking to a drag queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and like yeah. I feel Or a performer. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've also found that like, not obviously not in our local scene, but it can happen a lot on the internet. And it's mm-hmm. just like always so clear to me that like these people don't actually like interact in their drag scene or that the drag scene that they interact with is like Rue Girls. Is like Rue Girls because like if you said that kind of stuff to like any of the local queens, they would call you out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, uh, people like are there to help us feel included. Like mm-hmm. that's been such a big part of my experience in the Winnipeg scene is that like all the queens want us there. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure that we're having a good time and that we're feeling included and like they are not interested in making those separations because they're mm-hmm. so excited to have this drag renaissance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Slunt Factory especially has had like such a welcoming response from the older and more established drag queens in the city. Yeah, like Vita Lamore messaged me the other day at like 2 a.m. just to say like, hey, I see you guys and you're doing some really amazing stuff. You're like completely taking over and it's mm-hmm. so wonderful to see. And I was just like, that's so sweet. Like, like Joan Costalazza almost Joan made me cry. made me cry. Has made me cry like at least twice. Just yeah. telling me about like how like we've changed her views on what drag can be. Mm-hmm. Like, like bless up. Absolutely bless yeah. her. I love Joan. And like especially coming from like the older older queens yeah. who, who, like, have, who been have been known been a- in the past not to be as accepting necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that we are actually doing the work to make these changes mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And like. Like, I was the same. I got a message from Cake, like, a couple, a week or two ago, and she, like, she was, like, like, you guys are creating a path for people that are, like, coming after you to do that. And, like, that's also, like, something I've heard from, like, people that are, like, making their debuts in, like, Sun Factories that, like, they have never really seen, like, AFAB performers do, like, queen mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. drag. And so, like, seeing me or seeing Moxie has opened their eyes to be, like, I can do this, which is something that's really cool. Yeah, and, like, I think even within Slunt Factory, it's a really good representation of all of the weird shit you can do with drag. Because, like, (laughs) we have a a king who does, like, femme numbers sometimes. We have Star David who wears scleras because they're easier to put in than regular contacts. And then I'm really inspired by classic drag. So, like, you can, like, I think we're, the three of us in particular are a really good example of, like, you can literally just get up in there and make a fucking Mm -hmm. fool of yourself, or you can go up there and you can do, uh, like, Diana Ross, 
And it doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. You just have to put on a fucking show. Mm-hmm. You can chug a can of Monster and then have it taken away from you <laughs> by the bar staff because you're not supposed to have an outside drink. Uh, <laughs> I did want to say, just before I did introduce this next person, though, that every time I see uh, new performers, my, I'm honestly blown away at the creativity, the passion, the drive that these kids bring. And you know what? It takes so much nerve to get up there and, and do that. So another round of applause, not only for Dirt, but for all of our new performers. I second that. It's also because we have no talent, so. Yeah, how does it feel? Because, I mean, this has been said on stage and off on Dragon the Peg and, and just like in person that I've heard. You guys, like, turn it out. You guys are considered some of... This is... I'm not trying to gas you up either. I'm. You guys are considered some of the best performers in the city by queens who've been doing this for literally decades. So how does that feel when you hear queens like that say, we'd better step up our game because these kids are coming for us? Tired. Tired? (laughs) I can only do so much. Um, There's only so many eggs we can pull. I can only pull off so many glove reveals. (laughs) There's only so much stupid shit. I only have so many hands. um, Sock reveals. I mean, Ooh. oh my reveals, god! 20, don't give don't, any ideas. Please do not. Please do not. <laughs> um, I okay, like speaking as myself. Like I think it's partly like coming from my background of like being in theater before this, but always like never really fitting in and always getting that kind of rejection. And now I'm kind of in this community where people are like actually like impressed by what I'm doing I don't know how to react to it and I'm like still kind of coming to terms with like how to like actually like accept what people are saying and like and not Mm -hmm. deflect it and not deflect it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. no I mean for me like I don't have I don't know maybe this is like me just like not understanding my own drag but like I don't have a lot of outside influences like I really just do like what I want to do it's just that what I want to do happens to be really inspired by people like Satina and Cake and like very classic and very like really fishy makeup and like big hair or whatever if I could do hair um that's another story (laughs) um but like to hear the people that I like watched in the clubs before debuting and like was so excited by like I saw the uh, RuPaul's Battle of the Seasons. Like, I guess that's kind of the first drag show I ever went to. But, like, the local shows were so much more exciting to me. And, like, watching watching Vita get up and do a ballad or watching Satina do Liza with a Z. Like, that, like, changed my world. And to have those people believe in me is, like, so much more rewarding than anything else because it's, like, it's it's just so fantastic. Like, Mm -hmm. if I were to tell my my friends out of drag, I want to do a, a video for my for like before my performance where I stick my head in the toilet and then pour blood over myself. That's not going to go down well. But at the club, people are shouting, "That's so hardcore!" And people, it's like, you actually like what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm actually getting validation for this. Oh, I was just doing this for me. But like, people actually like what we're doing, and that's I don't know. It's just so nice. It's just yeah. it feels so good that people understand well, my art. Yeah, and like I, or, or maybe I, they don't understand it, but they, but they like it, it and, and they appreciate it. it. They respect. Well, it. nobody understands my art. <laughs> <laughs> I came from music school where I just like sucked for five years. I like couldn't practice because my wrists hurt, and I was playing clarinet, and I shouldn't have been playing clarinet, and I was like trying to conduct, and I shouldn't have been trying to conduct, and like to find like an art form that I am not only super passionate about, but like that people 
are like validating me like that's mm-hmm. that's the it's the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> yeah and it's I, like saved my life in so many ways yeah. i mean yeah. i also come from to music be. school and i'm a singer and i remember always thinking in my head of these really elaborate performances that i would love to do of songs that i would never be able to sing because they're completely out of my range or whatever and that's kind of the outlet that drag has become is all of these like performances i used to plan of these numbers that i can never actually sing live i can still like i can still create this in a way yeah and i'm i'm like the same way i was like doing theater and musical theater like pretty much my entire life up till now and like i was always like kind of too fat and too weird and like too visibly queer to really be able to like make it at all especially musical theater where like those archetypes are just Mm -hmm. so strong like Mm -hmm. i was i just kind of hit this point where i realized like this is like i'm never actually really going to be able to make this and so like that switch into drag where like i'm actually respected and validated and people like what i'm doing is it's really really weird but it's life-changing and really really nice so jert i want to talk a little bit about drag kings in the winnipeg scene because i think it's true that you are probably the most active drag king yeah and there's a huge lack of kings as well yeah when i first got started like looking into drag and kind of being interested in drag it was difficult for me to find references that i liked because i felt like a lot of what was expected in the king scene was that you were to look much older much more butch there was a lot of facial hair and that's a totally valid form of drag Mm -hmm. like landon cider does a very very interesting style of drag that is not my favorite like, I don't personally like the way that it would look on me, but I love the way that it looks on him. So I, I struggled for a while coming up with, like, kind of concepts of, like, I want to do this, but I don't know how to look. And then Androgen became really, really big. Androgen is another performer from Florida who does this insane, like, demon makeup and, like, all these beautiful bright colors. And it's, like, I kind of reached this point where I was, like, oh, I don't have to look like a super butch dude. I can look like a weird demon thing that vaguely has masculine contour on (laughs) so that was really really good for me and the only thing is that there's just not a lot of kings who perform in the city i know there's roddy wrecked who performs with i believe the sunshine bunch sometimes Mm -hmm. i think he hosts drag bingo at the goodwill and there are some emperors who i don't know who how they would classify themselves but like they perform as they perform like masks of like performances. performances I am the, aside from Roddy Rect, I'm the only, like, AFAB king that I know of in the city. That's, like, performing. That's, like, actively performing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, it can be interesting because there's this sort of uh, expectation of, like, drag events are for drag queens, it kind of feels like. And I don't personally find it too insulting when people call me a drag queen by accident. Although, when other performers do it, sometimes I get a little... A little frustrated, but I do femme numbers sometimes. Like I don't feel like limited by by being always masculine. I can do numbers like my step down number where I'm, I've got female contour and I've blocked my brows out, mm-hmm. which I'm never doing again. Oh my god, that was so much makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope there are more people who see me and who are like are inspired to do drag because I think there should be more drag kings in the world. Mm-hmm. So I also wanted to talk about pronouns in and out of drag, which I think is something, Star, that we talked about in our first iteration mm-hmm. of this interview, which was actually, it's a good time to mention it. We recorded 
an interview all the way back in, I think it was September. Yeah, like the first or second week of September. Yeah, and I was like cutting my teeth on like the younger performers because I was so <laughs> nervous to talk to Prairie Sky. Who was my who was my first interview besides besides um Who is now your drag mom? Who is now my who drag is mom? Who's now your drag and mother? Technically a sky. And I am so jealous of that. Star Prairie David is so sky. intelligent. So we were talking about pronouns in and out of drag because you use they them pronouns out of drag but you said that you were comfortable with using she her while in drag yeah i use any pronouns in drag pharaoh asked me anytime i'm performing with her she's like what pronouns do you use again i'm like i use any um but yeah outside of drag i'm like they them what about y'all what's your what's your what's the what's the tea i use they them out of drag and she her in drag and like Like, I have some real issues with gender uh, myself. So for me, um, if it's other drag queens, I don't mind them calling me she, her, because they know me as Moxie. They don't know me as Katie. But, like, people who know me as Katie need to use they, them pronouns with me because it's, like, a big issue for me. And it's, like, big dysphoria for me Mm -hmm. when, like, the people I'm, like, in my life are calling me she and I'm not in drag. That's, like... There's, like, a really important line between Moxie and Katie, and, like, I like to keep it that way. I prefer he or they for dirt when I'm, like, in drag. Out of drag, I don't really care. People tend to use she with me, and that's fine with me, because I present pretty femme most of the time. It's not something I talk about with people a lot, so... I'm fine with, like, whatever pronouns out of drag, though. Dirt and Star, do you find that, like, pronouns are also a pretty important distinction between, like, the drag character, I suppose, versus, like, the real-life <laughs> the real life person? As if Star and Dirt aren't real-life people. <laughs> <laughs> They're fake people. Fake, fake person. News. They're liars. Well, I don't know, because I feel like Dirt is very, very an inherent part of who Brielle is. Mm-hmm. I feel like just this complete, sincere, manic idiocy is a very, very big (laughs) part of who I am out of drag. I would say that the only real difference is, like, the makeup, honestly. I feel kind of similar. And also, like, I'm just at the point right now where it's, like, so many of the people that I interact with on a regular basis know me or refer to me as Stara. So, like, that's also just, like, kind of where I'm at where, like, as far as, like, when I'm at work, people call me Ezzy, they, them. But, like, otherwise, I kind of, like, especially if I know you from drag, I do not care. Mm-hmm. I was I was saying just before you came, like, I exclusively call you Stara. Just, like, on a regular basis. Yeah, like, the I feel like the three of us at this point kind of, like, alternate yeah. between... We yeah, are, well, like... and I do that with every, like, I do that with every queen that, or, like performer that I'm good friends with like I'll say Ruby or Alex interchangeably mm-hmm. and Pepper Sylvay yeah same. like Jenny Rose. Jenny Rose like mm-hmm. yeah and like people can call me Moxie when I'm not in drag it what just, I find is know. interesting is that most of our friends in drag don't know either they don't know my real name or they <laughs> I feel like because I do mask drag it's a harder distinction for people sometimes so I it's always kind of like a shock for me like when people are like just when I'm like when we're just hanging out and people are like dirt and like he and like not in a bad way I totally love that it's just not something I've ever experienced before and it's so nice mm-hmm. to have drag friends who actually will like it do definitely that. takes getting used to because I remember like in the summer 
like I was still like really not used to it and there was one time when Santina was trying to get me to take a picture of her she was like Stara 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 and she had to say it like five times before I heard her and so like now I'm so used to responding to it but like it takes some adjusting for sure yeah I get confused when a drag queen calls me Katie I think Satina called me Katie once and I was like sorry who's that (laughs) (laughs) do you remember the first time that uh, Satina heard my name Tell that story. I want to hear that story. We were, I think it was, I want to say it was the anti-Valentine's Day show. It was Because I had that crown on. Yeah. And, I, and she yeah. said I looked like Jughead. Mm. Yeah, right. Uh, and she asked my name and I was like, oh, it's dirt. And she's like, I just want to make sure, is it dirt or dirk? And I was like, no, it's dirt with a T, like the ground. And later when she was like interviewing like your posse after your number, she was like, oh, okay, I know this one. I know this one. Oh, this is dirt. He wants to be called that. I'm not insulting him. <laughs> it, like, it, it's so funny the way people react to it. Like at Gender Play when Prairie Sky was doing like, please give it up for dirt. Mm, dirt. <laughs> it's just so funny the way people react to my name because it's so stupid. How did you come up with your name? It was gifted to me by a friend, um, a, f- a very good friend of mine who I went to musical theater camp with, uh-huh. who we would give each other matching nicknames every year. And one year I started calling her Dolce de Leche. And for some reason, like we just, like my previous nickname had been Barbage because her nickname was Garbage <laughs> and we were Garbage and Barbage or Barb and Garb. So it went from Garbage to Dirt. And that kind of just stuck. Like I switched my Instagram handle that uh, that summer because like it was just so funny to me. And I just kind of ran with it like I love it's it's a little bit self-deprecating it's a little bit just kind of like I'm just I'm just a trash goblin like I'm just here to roll around on the floor and like eat be in me undies and be in me sponsored by me undies (laughs) eat silly not eat silly string not eat silly string only because I yelled at you not to I wasn't gonna you know eat eat things off the floor eat paper Eat paper. I ate. Eat more paper. I love eating paper. I love eating paper, too. I love drinking water and feeling refreshed. Stop it. I like the shock value of eating paper. It was I like saying, are you going to eat that? And then eating it. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm going to have a a beef liver on stage with me tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, my God. I might eat it. I don't know yet. I'm scared about that. Yeah. This will be an gonna... episode that airs after Dirt is dead. Yeah. <laughs> post-mortem post-mortem. <laughs> podcast, Dragon the Peg, Rip Dirt. Rip, rip Ip, Dead from Listeria. Permission is still published this episode if you die from beef poisoning. Beef. Beef poisoning. Beef. Who is the maker of this event that goes on here at GM called Slunt Factory? Slunt. Slunt. Right? Slunt. 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 Like Slutty Cunt? Slutty Cunt! But their first event was on Halloween. It was fierce. So if you ever see on social media a Slunt Factory event, you're going to want to check that out. So then let's talk a little bit about performers and social media because that seems to be more of a newer phenomenon is that there's kind of this bigger global drag community that operates through Twitter and Instagram, it seems, primarily. And y'all three are very into that. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter because I can say the most outrageous things, but I'm not Twitter famous, so Mm. nobody's suspending me for calling for the death of politicians. The the nice thing... So, like, Twitter's, like the place where like we all hang out and then like instagram's like the professional like 
Well, like, it's the professional one, but it's also the one where we talk the most shit about people. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but that's in group chats. That's different. That's different. Twitter is amazing because we have these like um, drag baby group chats or the International House of Wabbit group chat. Pause up, high for Gilda Wabbit. Um, I love I the love funny her. ass bitch so much. <laughs> I love her so much. Gilda, come to Winnipeg. Gilda, come to Winnipeg challenge. <laughs> okay, real talk though. Sorry, brief, brief side side note. Side um, sidebar. Side we bought a book, Gilda Wabbit and Jupiter Velvet, so bad, and it's going to happen. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. 2019, here figure we come. Um, Gilda's a queen Gilda. from, used to be New York, now it's Kentucky, but the show's Kentucky. in New York. That yeah. She's yeah. an opera singer and like does all these like opera numbers, and she also, over the course of like, I don't know, like five months, I've like kind of become friends with her now she like exclusively refers to me as icon and legend star david the incomparable (laughs) the incomparable we love to Um, get real close to the microphone for that bad bad audio don't talk to me stop it we're also like the three of us are talking about social media the three of us are really excited because a friend of ours that does dragon edmonton is coming to winnipeg in march like so exciting yeah i feel like yeah i feel like social media is a really really good way to do outreach i feel like it's maybe not something that older queens use as much as they could or venues i feel like venue hire hey at club 200 hire me as your social media director at club 200 hire me as your social media just hire me i do all the factory hire me (laughs) (laughs) Um, actually hire grammy yeah social media if you know how to use it is really useful if you don't know how to use it I would just like either get someone to do it for you or stay away. There's like Like, one of like the first three episodes of uh, with Katya and Trixie. They talk about like season eight. They're giving advice to the season eight queens and they're like, learn to love social media because if you're not, if you don't love it, you're not going to do it and you have to do it. Because like to be relevant in 2018, 2019, you sort of have to have a social media presence because that's how people are going to find you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also think like if you want to be like which i'm not saying any of the three of us do but if you want to like grow or like become popular outside of your local scene Mm -hmm. aside from like court events and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like meeting people that way kind of the only way to do it really is social media yeah film your performances put them on youtube put them put teasers on your instagram put them on twitter like get yourself out there you need to make friends with local drag queens, and from there you need to make friends with slightly less local drag queens, mm-hmm. like Moxie is doing with Fort Francis. <laughs> Fort Francis? Yeah, I went to uh, Fort Francis in early November with Kate oh, Prairie Soleil. Prairie Sky, Soleil Me Down, Slaytana, Lady Quinzar, Foxy. Um, and we like loaded ourselves into a rental van from Enterprise, and we drove out to Fort Francis, and we did almost die while we were listening to Total Eclipse of the Heart because Prairie Sky was going real ham on a gravel road, and it was amazing. <laughs> but like we met up with, there were two performers there, uh, Sophia Sapphire and Jack Doff, who were originally from Fort Francis, and we did the drag show at this hotel there, and they like put us up and gave us food and stuff, and it was really really fun. It was a great chance to like network and like. Now I have friends from Ontario, and mm-hmm. my drag sister, Halacious Acres, is from Edmonton, I think. <laughs> well, she, she's Sorry, in Edmonton currently. She's, she's from currently, Winnipeg, right? I have no idea. She's currently in Edmonton. She's um, very beautiful. She's, she's I'm in love with very her. beautiful, and she mm-hmm. loves the drama as much as I do. Yeah, but, like, making those little connections helps you make bigger connections, and then mm-hmm. eventually, like, you know, mm-hmm. you'll know people from everywhere because 
Yeah, like yeah. I'm going to yeah. Halifax for the holidays and I'm dragging my brother and my parents to Men's and Molly's so we can go see a couple of shows. And I'm also tweeting constantly, anyone in Halifax want to book me while I'm in oh, Halifax? Oh, and like, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be in Montreal in March, so I'm probably going to try and like go to some shows at Mado and like try and find, see if Alterna Drag is doing a show and see if they'll book me. But like, um, get that hookup. Yeah, um, but like that's something you can only do through social media. Oh so yeah, it's important to maintain that. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm, gonna send like a, a physical letter in the post. I like I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be in New York at the beginning of January, and not like, a I'm meeting up with a ton of my friends that I've made through online communities through drag. I'm also like trying to do some open shows and like I have some friends that are like trying to figure stuff out for me to like maybe possibly get in some shows so it's like stuff like that where it's like Mm -hmm. those connections you make can like not only do you get like these amazing friendships out Mm -hmm. of it you like you want to like help each other out like i know like we like we have friends that like if they ever come here we're like you're getting in this event we're gonna happen even those instagram like send me your favorite emoji and i'll post a photo of you that i Mm -hmm. like like i did that for a queen in montreal that i follow uh zoe stardust or I think it's Zoe. It's spelled like Bowie, but with a Z. Zowie. Zow. I like. I think it's supposed to be a Bowie reference. So it's I'm gonna Stardust, just continue. I'm gonna continue to say Zoe Stardust until I'm corrected. But like we just started talking last night, and I was like, "Oh, how's like how's the drag scene in Montreal? Like, what's it like for local queens?" Or actually, she's not from Montreal. She's from somewhere else. Get off that dumb I'm, bitch juice. <laughs> can't can't stop, won't stop. But like that's like it was like such an easy way to just start talking to somebody and like making a new friendship and like yeah that's that's instagram like i I have i have like i know i'm friends with one of the people who runs alterna drag in montreal and that kind of stuff like and she's been like if you're ever there when i'm there like or like if you're ever there when we're having like one of our shows then like come on in like that kind of stuff and i think Mm -hmm. beyond just like the personal gain i think Mm -hmm. that it's a very important tool that uh venues and like performances need to use in order to find performers and in order to like promote events like we promo slant factory events to an almost um obnoxious degree i get so i'm so tired of posting on instagram i'm so tired of posting performer promos but like you've got to do it you always be posting and like it uh Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it um and it helps like those queens gain followers too, which really helps and like it'll help us gain followers when we're promoting people. Yeah, I have like, never used Facebook more than when I have been like adding new people just so I can invite them to like Slunt Factory on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like Slunt Factory on Facebook. Like and Slunt Factory on follow Facebook, us on follow us on Instagram at Slunt Factory. Yeah, and maybe at the by the time this comes out in twenty twenty I'll have made the website. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll be registered as a nonprofit by then. <laughs> maybe we'll actually finally have a bank account. <laughs> gonna buy all the money in my mattress. <laughs> buy gold. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy a bunch of fucking gold. Final topic: super drags. Ugh. No. <laughs> I need to talk about super drags. I need no. To, I need to talk about mainstream media drag representation because can, can we actually talk about that? Because yeah. I would love to. Yeah, okay. I'd love to talk about that. 
So this is something we were actually talking about in relation to Slump Factory because I want to do a show that is um, all duets so we could do it around exam time and it'll be like less pressure on performers because you only have to like really do half of a performance (laughs) but recreate the most iconic lip syncs from RuPaul's Drag Race Mm -hmm. because most people's entry into drag at this point in time is RuPaul's Drag Race and that's something that we all kind of have to come to terms with no matter how much we... It's compilation videos of the best lip syncs from RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) Because... Well, I, I'm not a huge RuPaul fan by any means. That's how straight people are finding out about us because they're not going to look otherwise unless it's shoved in their faces. So I think harnessing that no matter how much I may disagree with Drag Race and like what it has become, harnessing like that entry point for people is really important to show them what it's really like and what a show is actually about and like the amazing atmosphere in a drag show when you're not trying to like tear people down and compete with them and like Mm -hmm. when when there's not a hundred thousand dollars at stake when people aren't rich and they don't have all of these resources like how magical and amazing drag still is and like getting people to actually come out involves like pandering a little bit i Mm -hmm. feel and it's frustrating to have to do that Mm mm-hmm and like to feel like you have to watch Drag Race because that's where all the references are coming from. Yeah, that's you have everyone's to do the know. Drag Race stuff before the audience will come for your Dragula stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it's also like it can like going off of that like it can even like be hard like getting people like we know to come out to show some of the times. Like you, okay, in the last two weeks, two straight women have asked me, "Oh, you do drag." Do you know how to do a death drop? It's like, well, and then, like that, like RuPaul's Drag Race done fucked up drag. Here's the thing, like RuPaul's Drag Race, the dancing they have them do, like I come from a, a dance background, and like yep. that stuff is insane. That cheerleading challenge never should have happened. That was so dangerous. Justice from the get-go. for Charlie Hines. Justice for Charlie. Justice for Charlie Hines. Workers' compensation for Charlie. <laughs> also, like, um, not only has Drag Race commodified drag to like this is like insane degree it's Mm -hmm. also just it's it puts so much pressure now on people who are just starting Mm -hmm. that's the thing it's like i i just started like me and my mom have been going through all the seasons um and now we've like just started season one and like if you look at their makeup at the beginning of like the first episode of season one you have to think these are like 10 of the best people in the country that they've pulled and if you see like what their makeup is then compared to like what it's expected to be now when you're starting out and like other aja is the prime example mm-hmm. of that for me because i i always loved aja i thought aja was an incredible performer like i watched videos of before they went on drag race and like they're the most incredible performer but got read constantly for their makeup not being good because they have like scarring or like mm-hmm pockmarks on their skin and like Mm -hmm. that's the stupidest reason to discount a drag queen and like once again like for the most part that pressure isn't even coming from like the community itself it's coming from people who have like who don't know what drag is who have seen drag race and then like this is the expectation that they're putting on people because none of the queens like expect like people to come out super polished but it's those mm-hmm. audience members. Yeah, if I can quote Katya again one more time. Everyone used to expect drag queens to be mean and poor, and now they expect all drag queens to be nice and rich. Yeah, and, like, that's not where drag came from. I hope that's not where drag is going. Yeah. <laughs> like, RuPaul's Drag Race, for all the, like, 
prevalence it's brought to drag has also just like made it harder to break into the scene for young mm-hmm. people because like you look at Aquaria who's what two years younger than me she's what 21 yeah who like she started drag from now, watching Drag yes. Race. Yeah. And so, like, I'm looking at this person who's younger than me, who looks, like, so flawless and so beautiful. And, and like, one drag I, race. And one drag race. And it's like, well, I'm not there yet, but everyone expects me to be where she is. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, that's not the kind of drag that everybody does. No. And I think that there is um, sort of a push for more diversity in drag with uh like shows like dragula which is mm-hmm. probably my favorite show to exist dragula is the boule brothers um alternative sort of punk drag competition centered around glamour horror and filth like drag race is how i discovered drag dragula is why i started drag same and it is an amazing show it's on out tv go uh, everyone should go watch it mm-hmm. go to the rpm at the u of m and steal their uh, out tv go password <laughs> <laughs> But you, I think there's also some like other things like New Zealand has its first drag show, which mm-hmm. is like a drag reality show. I don't think it's a drag competition. I think it's a drag reality show. Yeah, where they all like live in a house together. Yeah, and, and they've got yeah. um, Hugo Girl is on there, yeah. who is a fantastic drag king. You've got shows like The Switch in South America. I think Brazil. Brazil. I think it's Chile. Chile. I'm pretty sure. But you've got the switch. You've got Courtney Act just kind of Courtney Dude, Act's empire, Courtney Act, like building all her stuff. You have like even Drag Race Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Drag Race Thailand. Does Drag a Race Thailand. Better job of it. Pangina um, who has an AFAB dot like drag daughter. God bless. Like, God bless. And is super supportive. Anyways, but like I think kind of like also just the way to fight back against kind of like against those, Drag Race against those like main stream expectations and the commodifying of like this kind of like art is like i, I like almost going call it instagram drag yeah mm-hmm. which is that that's another interesting thing is like i like after our first sun factory event i had someone come up to me and say like well we didn't know like how like all like the instagram queens would like whether they'd actually be able to perform and i'm like like who like who do you mean by that and they were like well all of you because you haven't like we haven't really seen you guys perform and i'm like okay well for half of us this is our first show half of it's like it's their first show but for the other half of us like we've been at like a lot of events and then well yeah like because you and i performed throughout the summer mm -hmm. like we both did dancing with drag queens we all the three of us all did the victoria lush uh lip sync for your life i was in so like i I did not do a lot of drag this summer yeah which i won and yeah, which Moxie win. won. You did win. The I technically got the highest score. <laughs> but I fucking lost. Yeah. Because <laughs> you lost. dumped a bucket of blood on yourself and Listen, ruined and glitter. <laughs> Listen, I got three eights. <laughs> um, Should I have had a three eight? Anyways. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Queen, Moxie Cotton. Can we get back on topic, please? No. Absolutely but, like, not. I think like that's also like... You know, like, maybe, yeah, they're seeing us on Instagram, but maybe they're just not coming out to shows because we are performing, mm-hmm. like, a decent amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think, like, yeah, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that there is maybe a disconnect between people who like drag on Instagram and who come out to see the shows. And Absolutely. I think that's part of the reason that I try to film every performance and put it on, like, my Insta or my YouTube or thing so I can, like, pe- show people, like, hey, this is very fun and very cool to see. You should definitely try it. Yeah, and like, oh, my favorite thing is when someone comes up, like one of my friends comes up to me and is like, can you put me in drag? That's like, those are the fucking magic words. Because like, 
they see it and they see all these beautiful queens who are so polished and it makes you so scared to try the first time i put on drag makeup i looked so ugly i couldn't block my brows and i hated how i looked but like i loved doing it so much Mm -hmm. that i just kept practicing until i felt that i could go out and even then i should have waited another three months (laughs) because we've all seen that picture of me and foxy (laughs) but like great but it's um like the the level that you feel you have to be uh like makes it feel so unapproachable but like if you go up to pretty much any drag queen you're like will you put me in drag most of us yes yes we will we love putting people in drag i love doing people's makeup so much it's so much fun (laughs) it's so good i did moxie's makeup the other day as me it was so good i was obsessed with it it was so much fun so good I'm such a talented makeup artist. <laughs> okay. I, this is also off topic, but I feel like I need to emphasize what, like, getting ready with the three of us is like. <laughs> it's because, like, it's like this, but worse because I'm high. That, but also, Dirt finishes in, like, 45 minutes and then just spends the rest of the time saying, I'm so beautiful. How am I so talented? I'm and so just, like, talented. keeps on going. And then, like, we usually tie to finish, but, like, yeah. it's just, like, them being done in like an hour yeah well what the great thing is is the fact that we open we live like moxie and i live so close to the club that like we just open up our place for anyone who wants who's performed that night to come and like get ready with us Mm -hmm. so it's usually just like this amazing like energy vortex of like just anxiety and like screaming and like putting on our makeup and everyone being like oh i feel like i look terrible in the immediate course of like you look so good what are you talking about <laughs> like i've never felt better about myself than when i'm getting ready for something and i'm like oh this eyebrow sucks and three people are like no you look fabulous and it's like oh thank you <laughs> thank you all so much for coming in slunt factory thank you I appreciate for having all us. of you thank you so much thank you so much to stara moxie and dirt for sitting down with me our next guest is truly a force to be reckoned with. She's famous for her incredible impersonations, her huge stage presence, and her iconic beat. She's also one of the most recognizable names in the city, but I just call her mother. Here's a clip from her interview. I always have tried to make a connection with my audience, so I try to play to whatever crowd that we're going to be playing to, right? Mm-hmm. And I, every song I've ever done has has to have been a song that I'm feeling. Like, I have to feel it emotionally. I'm a fairly emotional person. I don't just get up there and go, okay, we're going to party tonight, and I'm just going to do this dance track, and I'm going to, you know, whip my hair around. I'm not shading anybody, but I'm just saying that that's not my style, mm-hmm. right? I need to feel a connection with the, the lyrics, and I, I think that that translates to my audience. I, I think that they feel what I'm feeling when I'm delivering it. Don't forget to follow Dragon the Peg on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for photos, extra content, and news on upcoming drag shows in our city. And of course, thank you so much to Claire Boning of Veneer for the lovely intro and outro music, and to Red River College for letting me use your audio equipment. Until next episode, remember to always tip your local drag queens. Drag the Peg.